0: Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE. A full textbook, videos on key topics, tons of GRE questions that are backed by our memory enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner and essay grader, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Dr. Don Martin, author of the Grad School Roadmap, back with us on the show. And Don, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself again for people who haven't heard you before.
1: Sure, Tyler. First of all, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. And I consider myself one of the luckiest guys on the planet because I fell into a phenomenal career right out of college, and that was admissions and enrollment management, eventually student services, which I did for 28 years, including working at Northwestern University, the University of Chicago Booth School of Business and Columbia University. In 2008, I wrote my book, which you very kindly mentioned, Roadmap for Graduate Study, a guide for prospective graduate students and started Grad School Roadmap. And in the last 16 years, I've been working with individual individuals who are applying for their master's or doctoral work in a variety of fields. And it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal career. I, I can't believe it's uh, it's 43 years ago that I started. And uh, it's been absolutely great. So that's a little bit about my background. And thanks again for having me on today.
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, I'm really excited because, um, one, I, I love the episodes we did before. And two, I feel like you're the right guy to ask about how to properly conduct application interviews for graduate school, as someone who is probably on the receiving end of a couple of them.
1: Just a couple.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a couple so, uh, <laughs> Right, exactly. So, I mean, with that sort of, uh, you know, knowledge-based data set, whatever you want to call it, data set sounds so impersonal, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, you know, where do you want to start? Like, you know, it, what sort of, take us from the top.
1: Okay. Let me let me mention this. Sadly, it appears that the opportunity to do an admissions interview is becoming a little less likely in terms of anyone being able any any applicant being able to have one. Most, mm-hmm. most programs are resorting to, I guess what we would call invitation-only interviews. And yeah. obviously, that limits the number of, of of application interviews you might be able to have, uh, depending on the program. Now, some still will interview every applicant. That's a little less likely, but it can happen. And the important, the most important thing in my experience doing literally thousands of them over the twenty-eight years I was full-time in higher ed, and now, as part of my work with MBA or yeah MBA and other masters and PhD applicants, I do mm-hmm. practice mock interviews all the time. And right. the, the this I keep saying this. I probably said it when we spoke last time. The most absolutely important component of doing a successful interview is to first of all be yourself, and mm-hmm. secondly do not. Be overly rehearsed. Now, going mm. back to my first one, some people think they have to take on some other kind of persona in order to knock the socks off the admissions committee. And while admissions committee members are not psychics, we do eventually become pretty well able to discern when someone is faking it and they're just trying to be somebody else. That becomes, we all have that, I think, just as human beings. When you're around somebody that you know I've had people say to me that person isn't being honest or they're not being themselves you can kind of tell and that's not going to help you you've got to you you've got to be you do, there's only one of you and that's the one you should be when you're having the interview secondly some candidates make the mistake of memorizing answers to questions they believe they could ask actually memorizing as soon as you do that your credibility goes down it will it will right. it, you you will come across as very insincere, very not yourself, and almost like a robot, just you know, why are you interested in our program? I'm interested in your program because it is and and you can just tell they memorized this. You you want to have an idea of of course what you want to say for each question, but you never ever want to memorize it. That's getting way, way too Far on, on the on the right side of the
0: spectrum yeah, well, also frankly it's like time you're giving a rehearsed answer, people can tell really unless you unless you i don't know unless you're like Steve Jobs and you practice it like three to five hundred times um in two weeks, which seems a little ridiculous, and also it's not what you should do anyway because that's not the point
1: that's exactly very well said absolutely you you want to just, you want to be yourself. You want to, you don't want to rehearse. And maybe another, another important, there's so many tips I can give, but the the, the ones that I consider most critical, do not expect yourself to be perfect in that interview. Don't go in with this such high standard that nobody, I don't do a perfect interview. I've never, Mm -hmm. none of us do. We, we are human beings. Sometimes we might use the wrong word. Sometimes we might lose our train of thought, we may be going down this path, and all of a sudden we forget what we were saying. These things happen, and for an inter- for an interviewer, for the person who's doing the interview, what they're going to be most observing is how you conduct yourself in the interview, including if something goes wrong. In fact, that yeah. could help you, believe it or not, that could almost end up being an opposite of you might think, "Oh my gosh, I just blew it when in fact depending on how you handle that mistake or that lapse of of memory or whatever, or or you're just really nervous and you you don't, you're speaking too fast or whatever. In in those cases, the way you handle that could Mm -hmm. make a huge difference in a positive direction with an interview.
0: Right. Yeah. So what, how do you recommend people handle it then? Um, Just to dig in on that a little bit, right? Is it just kind of like, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Well, anyway, or is it like something else?
1: Good question. My, In my experience, I would suggest if you... One of the things that can often happen at the beginning of the interview is when we are more nervous, we tend to speak more more quickly, talk faster. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to try to remember in the beginning, that first question or two, try to keep your, you know, not like this, but Want to slow it down a little, just so that you have a chance to collect yourself and consider what it is you're you're talking about. And mm-hmm. let's say that you went to say the word. Uh, let's think of something here. Let's say you you wanted to say the word collaborate, and somehow compatible came out instead of collaborate. Mm-hmm. Well, if this were me, and I was I was an interviewer, and that happened to the person I was interviewing. What would be most impressive to me was if they said something like, "Uh-oh, I think I meant to say this word," and smile and go right on. No, mm-hmm. you don't make a bit. You never ever draw more attention to a mistake than you need to. You never. Some applicants, I, I I understand where they're coming from, but oh, I can't believe I did that. How stupid! I mean, I'm so sorry. And they they go through this whole thing. Well, that sticks with the interviewer in your mind. It's like mm-hmm. this person is not very good at handling a mistake as opposed to, you know, I, I meant to use that word. I'm I'm sorry. And then you go on, or let's say you're in the middle of an answer and all of a sudden you lost your train of thought, something just Mm -hmm. happened and you, then the best thing to do as awkward as that might feel is something like, again, very calmly. I believe I've lost my train of thought. There was something else I wanted to say there, but it doesn't seem to be coming from right now. So I'll just, I'll just stop there. Just again, not upset, not all over the, just a very, the interviewer will soon forget. They won't even remember some of those things. If that's how you handle it, the less attention you draw to it, the less you get so upset. And, And it's understandable when some of these things happen, you, you have just this is just your one chance to make an impression here. So if you think you've made a mistake, you're going to think, oh, my gosh, that's not going to help me. But no, how you handle it is what's going to hurt. you. Not that you make the mistake or have the lapse in, in uh, memory. That that isn't the issue. It's how you handle it. That will be the issue.
0: Right. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people that overreact to those kind of things are probably just really nervous. I mean, how do you recommend people deal with that?
1: Well, first of all, you should expect, you should not be shocked that you're nervous. Don't go into, even if you've practiced, you have an idea of what you want to say and you're feeling at the time, oh, well, this is, I don't really think I'm going to be nervous. You probably will be when you get in there. Expect it and see if you can do a little bit of rehearsing with yourself in the beginning about how you're going to deal with that before you get there. Sit down in an interview chair. Pretend you're there. Pretend you're you're very nervous and try to answer a couple of questions feeling a little bit more that way, pretending that you are, and so that when you get there, this will not take you off guard. It will not throw you off. Now, what could throw you off is a question you had no idea was going to be asked and for which you did not prepare. This is sometimes what happens. They're not doing this to trick anybody. This is not a strategy on the part of the admissions office to trick you. But there could be a question you are asked that you just did not prepare and you have, you did not, you don't have an, you might have an answer at the moment, but you didn't rehearse ahead of time. That's Mm -hmm. when, that's when your nerves could really get the best of you. If you, if you absolutely have no idea what, what you were going to say in those instances, my suggestion is to try to remind yourself, everything's okay going to take a deep breath and I'm going to do my best to answer the question and realizing that I did not have as much time to rehearse this answer as I did some of the others. The very worst thing that could possibly happen is if you are asked a question that you do not know how to answer. You don't have an answer for that. My best advice is do not do a snow job. Don't pretend that you have something to say if you don't. If you honestly do not believe that you at that moment have an answer, I I know this may seem so counterintuitive, but what I recommend, and I've done this myself at times, when I've been asked a question at a speaking engagement, there are times when I've said, you know, that I, I really do not know the answer to that question, but I will get back with you and I will I will let you know. In the interview, you can do something similar. You can say, honestly, I don't want to try to answer this because I I really don't believe I have an answer, but I'd like to get back with you about that, and I will. Now, here again, you might be thinking as an interviewee, I just blew it. I just, I'm going to be denied. I just, whereas in the mind of an interviewer, truly, you went up a notch on the ladder, not down. Because right. so many applicants would try to do a snow job and make it, and then they don't know what they're talking about. And it is so much worse. And the interviewer almost, I don't think any interviewer would ever do this, but you're almost tempted to say, why didn't you just say to me, I don't know the answer to that question instead of try to do this. It didn't help me. And again, right. what you think could be the end could could be absolutely a plus in the terms of, again, how you handled it. so. Uh, I got off a little bit from your original question, but expect <laughs> to be, uh, expect to be nervous. Don't be shocked when you are that that's an uncom you will lighten up as time. You're You're going to be in there for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It'll get better. It will get better, but don't be overly hard on yourself when you're nervous in the beginning at all. And don't, don't worry if you get a question that you didn't practice, but you feel you can give a reasonable answer. Go ahead and if you if you don't think you can do it be honest
0: mm-hmm. well yeah i agree with that cuz i think one of the worst qualities in a coworker or a classmate is somebody who never admits that they're wrong right or never admits when they don't know something
1: and that's that's really what an interviewer might walk away from this interview thinking well if this person can't acknowledge that they're human that they don't know everything and i would not want to work with them that could very mm-hmm. well be if, especially if the, interview, if the interviewer is an alumnus of the program or a current student, sometimes they have alumni do these interviews or students, and of course, along with admission staff. But one of the things that we always trained our student and alumni interviewers to do was to, at the end of that interview, as soon as they could, think through the question, is this someone I'd want as a classmate? Is mm-hmm. this somebody I would want as an alumnus? As part of our alumni network, who was going around representing our school, that so yes, if you can't uh, acknowledge that you're wrong or that you don't know everything, you you are not a uh, an all-knowing individual. If you can't do that, that does uh, speak volumes, and it does it's not volumes that are going to help.
0: You. Yeah, exactly. I also am curious, like I mean, what are interview questions that? would be like that, right? Like is it like you know, why did why did sales fall like during your tenure or something or like what is like what let's take like an example of that.
1: Usually what happens is some interviewers may get into a very specific case example of something. Or they might if if it's if it's not in the business school maybe in a legal if it's a law school interview, medical school, or or if it's a master's or PhD student, some sort of a very, very high-level research issue or question. They might say, we're trying to determine how many people um, hesitate before they walk into an elevator, or if they just walk in right away. We want to figure out, how would you set out to do a study on it? Well, Mm-hmm. Who would know the answer to that question? Who I wouldn't know that answer. I would say, well, I I will need to think about that. I I I just don't have the ability I think to answer that at the moment. It's a great question, but it's usually where they get very technical about something. And it it's I was just going to say it's beyond the knowledge base of the applicant. Now, there in the in this case, that's entirely inappropriate for an interviewer to do that. We we trained our interviewer to not we said, please, mm-hmm. this is not, we are not trying to make the applicant uncomfortable. In fact, the more comfortable, there's there's a big role the interviewer plays here. The more comfortable they can make the applicant, the better it's going to be because the, the more comfortable that applicant will feel to share. So you don't, but usually it's very technical questions, very high level research questions that a candidate just obviously would have no knowledge of.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, in, like, tech job interviews, they can sometimes throw those questions at you, right? And they, basically, like, they're just trying to watch you, like, do problem solving right then and there. Right. Um, But if it's, but I feel like it's interesting. So if you feel like it's, like, that kind of question, where there's, like, they want to know like how you, how you think about problems, then would you maybe try to answer like, cause then it's a little more obvious that like, obviously you didn't prepare for the elevator question ahead of time.
1: Yep. I, if, if they're asking me to discuss a, a, a way, they're putting out the issue and they're, they're asking me, here's a problem. And it's, done in plain layman's terms. It's not some sort of algorithm or mathematical equation or whatever. And you do have an idea of how you would approach trying to solve that issue. By all means, you should. And and again, don't don't expect that you may think of everything at that moment. Don't expect that you're going to give the perfect answer. The minute you focus on being perfect, you've hurt yourself. You simply want to do the best to answer the question with what is coming into your mind, having been asked that question. That's your goal. You want to do that in the best way you can, not the most, not the perfect way. That, that will trip you up.
0: Right. So then uh, what other tips do you have for people doing these interviews?
1: Uh, a couple. Practice, yeah. practice, practice, but don't memorize. There's a dip. You, you're, if you're practicing with somebody, when I when I do my own practice sessions with my clients, I always say to them, your answer to the same question I asked you should never be the same. It should be different every time. It could be similar, but it should not be identical. Do not focus, focus on here's what I want to cover in this question. That's what you focus on, not here's exactly what I'm going to say. So practice. Show up. Make sure you're ready. When if if it's an if it's a virtual interview, which many of them are, or in person, make sure you're ready. Make sure you're if you're in a virtual interview, what is behind you is appropriate, not some goofy poster on the wall, or not some disheveled uh, linens on your bed, or a dresser drawer that's open with clothes. I've been, I'm saying these because I've seen them, and it's shocking to me. That adults that are not this is not high school anymore or college. This is graduate school, and they're still uh, make sure that you are um, you prepared. That the that the atmosphere, what surrounds you. Obviously, you need to dress appropriately. Make sure you're following the dress code of what they tell you is appropriate to wear for this. Your eye contact needs to be absolutely outstanding. You now, if you're if you're in person, this is probably a little easier. Than if you're virtual, the temptation if you're virtual is to look at the person you're speaking with when you're speaking with them, rather than at the camera. When you're talking with the interviewer, as their their face is right there, it, it, it's going to be a very tempting thing to want to look at them. But if you do, you're looking down. You're not looking at them. When you're talking with them on my computer, anyway, there's a little green dot that lights up at the top of my screen, that's the camera. When I'm talking with someone, that's where I'm looking, not at them. Maintain good eye contact. And Mm. uh, do not spend too much time answering any one question. The longer you talk, the less questions they can ask. The more questions they can ask, the better they get to know you. So be careful that when you're not, I've had to talk with clients, I've said, oh my gosh, all that information was great, but do you realize you just spoke for five minutes? You should have spoken for a minute. It, you you need to be concise. You need to answer questions, excuse me, but don't ramble. Do not, and don't get off the subject. Don't start down another. So I, I remember what this only happened. I could count on one hand, but I'd ask a question of an interviewer. That's the only question I ever asked for the next 20 minutes. They just went on and on. They went from this topic to that topic. They covered everything, and I—that was not impressive to me. They had no—I I think what they were doing was trying to make sure they covered everything they practiced. No, and by the way, don't expect that everything you prepared you're going to get to talk about. You—you you may hey. not. You may not have a chance to do that. And if you don't, so be it. And at the end of the interview, obviously, thank them for their time and send a thank you message send an email message to your interviewer to thank them for taking the time and reiterating your strong interest in the program. Obviously, uh, those are some things that, that I would definitely recommend.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's also, it's interesting you you talk about, oh, not you're not going to get to say everything that you prepared, which I think is a, a important tip because a lot of times, especially when people practice something, they'll get really fixated on oh I really need to talk about this story and then you know it never comes up and then they try to shoehorn it in anyway um but let's say there is something that you want to make sure you mention maybe you had a gap year and you want to make sure you cover what happened there or something right um is there like is there a good way to kind of lead the interviewer towards anything like that or uh like even if it's just being like hi can i is there at the end of it is there something that i can say uh just before we wrap up here or something like that or
1: 9 times out of 10 my answer would be no this is not okay. the time for an interviewee to usurp or say i need to say something else if there's some if it's a really the the only time that I might, and even here, I don't know if I would, quite, quite frankly. I was gonna say, if there's something new about your application that wasn't the case when you first submitted it, and you would like them to know that, you could do that. But t- typically, what you should do is reach out to the admissions office and ask that that information be added. I, I would not recommend it. Now, we trained our interviewers, and this is something I always did at the end of any interview I conducted. I always said to the applicant, "Is there anything I did not ask you about that you really wanted to tell me?" If that question is asked, yes, but only you only share one thing. You don't go through Mm -hmm. a laundry list. Oh, you know. Oh, uh, I prepared five more questions, and I'd like to give you my answer. No, no, no. It's one. It's just one thing. And oh, one more tip: be ready to ask some good questions. The interviewer may very well ask you. At the end, too, what questions can I answer for you? Please do not say, I don't have any. You should have at least two questions. You won't be able to ask too many based on the time constraint. And these questions need to be good questions, which means typically they are not questions for which the answer is already made very available on the website or somewhere else. These are other questions like, what was your greatest experience at this program? That's a wonderful question to ask an interviewer. Uh, because they can tell you or, you know, I've been thinking about a particular student organization. Do you have any recollection of what how this worked when you were there? Do do you were you ever involved with them by any chance? Could you tell me more about them? Something like that. Not, you know, do you offer financial aid or, you know, what are what is the deadline when I need to apply? I mean, these students would ask me these questions and I would I would feel like, you know, when they asked me if we offer financial aid, I felt like saying, no, you have to pay cash. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. So make sure you have one or two questions ready and that they be good questions.
0: Yeah, well, and that kind of leads me into one thing I want to touch on uh, before we wrapped up, which is just talking about uh, preparation, right? Um, In one of our earlier episodes, uh, you said that the number one thing that students fail to do when they're getting ready to apply to programs is adequate research. Right, so when you're getting ready for an interview, what are some of the things that you should be researching and you know whether you're researching it to ask questions about it or researching it to know and have commentary on it, I think that'd be an interesting thing to cover.
1: Very good question. In my way of looking at it, by the time you're having an interview with the admissions committee, that means you've hopefully done some heavy duty research which led you to submit an application to that program. So you've already done some. Now that you have the opportunity to meet with a member of the admissions staff or with a current student or with a recent graduate, what you want to do, I don't think you have to do a whole lot more research, but you may want to go back to some of the things that you took notes on when you were doing your research and think to yourself, is this, you know, I would think, that at this point you still haven't made up your mind yet at all. You, you don't even know where you're gonna mm-hmm. be admitted yet. So you're still this is still this is a way for them to still sell you a little bit. And so you mm-hmm. can go back through some of what you researched and think, oh, they were talking about this really neat way that the faculty interact with students every week. This is something I haven't really heard about very much. I think I'm gonna ask that about that a little bit. Or there's a there's a program at this school that invites former CEOs to come in and have a day, spending, spend a day with students or former faculty members come in and talk with candidates about what it's like to go through a PhD. I'd like to learn more about what that is. What does that day really look like? You're, it's, it's, at this point, it seems to me that you're not asking questions again. At, you're not at the beginning of your research or you shouldn't be. You're, you've already done some of that by this point, but now you'd like to ask a little more about what you found. And you could say, I, I found I discovered on your website several months ago, I discovered this, this this fact. This really is fascinating to me. Could you comment a little bit more on how you think this happened or what how did it come about? That is very, very helpful to do. So do your your questions after the interview are a follow-up, if you will, to the research you did earlier. Thanks for asking that. I, that's a great
0: question. Yeah. No, that's great. Do you think there's ever a time where you should say, Hey, you know, I really like your program for these reasons. I'm also considering this other program. You know, what do you think about that, right? Like is that is that just like a, a red flag thing that's you to a red do, flag. or is that an okay thing to do? That, okay. No,
1: that good that's a that's you you never ever ask about another or mention another program by name. Now you could say One of the most important aspects of the decision I will ultimately make about where I'm applying is this XYZ, the 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 faculty student ratio, the the amount of faculty contact I might have, uh, whatever. Um they're gonna know obviously that you're applying elsewhere. So that won't be a problem. You could say, I've I've looked at this at various of my options. Could you speak with me a little bit more about how this really works at your school that you can do Mm -hmm. but you never mention a name you never try to pit one program against another that's what it even though you might not be definitely trying to do that that's how that could come across and that's a no
0: no got it okay any final tips before we wrap up here
1: uh just i guess my my final tip is to anyone listening If you're thinking about going on to grad school, I congratulate you. Not it's not a it's not a necessity for success in life, but I can only say that my two programs, my master's, my PhD, changed my life in ways I I would have never in in a positive way. And so I congratulate you on even thinking about this. And if you are getting ready to do an interview, please remember most of all, do not be rote. Don't memorize. Practice and and don't be shocked if you're overly nervous. Expect that you will be. You'll handle it better if you come into it with that aspect, that outlook, And all right. the best to you.
0: And be yourself.
1: And be yourself. And absolutely. Without a doubt.
0: Thank you so much. This has been Jerry Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable, with Dr. Don Martin from Grad School Roadmap. And Achievable has a great online GRE course you can try for free at Achievable.me or you can use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout.